1: Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Wow. And just like that, there's another Vikings game in, let's see, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. So, yeah, yeah carry the four, yeah, I don't know, 36 hours, 34 hours, something like sure. that. Yep. I don't Whatever know. Whatever the math tells you. Yep. Somewhere in that ballpark, so. I guess uh, if you if you get beat in that fashion at home against one of the three to five worst teams in the NFL, and you can make a case, get right back out there on the field, you can make another case that your body is a lot more sore than it will be later in the year because you're not used to taking the hits. Um, you're probably just sore all the time in the NFL. But you get another game on a Thursday night here. And so we're going to give you our Purple Picks episode here where we... Make our official pick straight up and also against the spread and sort of tell you what the market is saying about Vikings Eagles presented by our friends over at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution. I've got one on right over here, right here. Great TVs. Just off the camera over here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's nice. It's a bunch of. Bunch of people on ESPN just shouting at each other about what the Jets should do. <laughs>
0: Greeny's crying. I got
1: Cadell's g- g- on right up. now, actually. With Steve he's I. crying, he's nope, crying too. Cadell's on right now too. I man.
0: don't know what happened. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, inspire greatness with TCL, and also a shout out to our friends over at Three Jack. So I think is today the uh, today we a little little company gathering over at Three Jack. Yeah, a little looking shindig. forward to
2: it. A little shindig with the company uh, at, at Three Jack. You know, maybe I'll see one of our bosses swing a golf swing, and then they can make me swing a golf swing. And like, <laughs> wait, you endorse golf things, Declan? With that, uh, you know, hacking it up plus twenty two handicap. Yes, I do. And uh, I go to Three Jack to get those swings in. I get the great chicken sandwich there. There's the loaded nachos. I wonder how many plates. To be honest. Of loaded nachos will be ordered between uh, uh the company Brethren and Sisters this uh this afternoon at Three Jack. And of course game day specials, okay? So if you want to watch the purple there, there are special uh beer and food specials at Three Jack. It's a great spot to watch the game, great spot to get your golf swings in. Go to three Jack and three Jack dot com.
0: Three
1: I'm going with three. Three plates of nachos. Oh, if I'm setting the over under at three and a half and I will take the over. The okay. over purple on those bad boys. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh speaking of yeah it's a good segue into our purple picks here so going to ask you guys a couple just broad questions about the game like we usually do then we'll get into what the sharps are saying about this game and sort of where the betting trends are and then we'll make our picks. So question number 1, what are you most confident in as you look at this game from a Vikings perspective? Wow. Um <laughs> I am I
0: it, well it, it's two things. One it's you're coming off a performance against Tampa Bay, which did not inspire the masses. And two, I still flashback to you know how well Darius Slay did against Justin Jefferson last year. What I believe uh, Kirk was like one for five on passes that were intended for Jefferson with Slay, the nearest man in coverage. I think he had two picks in that game. Mm. Um, but I, I will say this. I am the most confident in Justin Jefferson being a part of this game for four quarters because I don't think that you can afford to uh, I don't think you can afford to allow things to be dictated to you the way that the second half was against the Bucks. And look, I understand that the Vikings ran 22 offensive plays in the final two quarters on Sunday, and I understand that that's a problem. But that being said, part of that was because were you going to the right guy? Were, were you doing the right things? Like you don't get first downs for a reason. It's not yeah. like, well, well, Jefferson didn't do a thing. So what were they? Well, okay, but why didn't he? So um, I'm pretty certain that after hearing Jefferson talk in the locker room yesterday, that Justin probably went into somebody's office, KOC, and said, what really happened there when I caught two passes for 12 yards in the last two quarters? So, I think Justin wants revenge on Darius Slay. I think the Vikings realize that they really allowed that game in some ways, especially offensively, to get away from them. I'm confident Justin Jefferson will be part of this uh, game plan for not two, but four quarters.
2: I think uh, the thing that I'm probably most confident in going in is just the weapons the Vikings have. That's probably the best way I can say this. I'm not a confident in a whole lot into this game. Uh, I think it could be a potentially... Horrible situation that the Vikings have found themselves in, potentially dropping to 0-2. Now, Philly didn't look, after a hot start against New England, they didn't look as strong as that game carried on. They got off to the uh, comfortable lead, and then they kind of backdoored their way into the victory in New England. However, they're still a really good team. Jalen Hurts gives them fits. The Vikings are historically, uh, when they're big underdogs like this, which I believe they're seven-point underdogs, or, uh, yeah, seven-point underdogs in this one, um, they don't fare too well. So... I'm confident in the weapons. The Vikings have plenty of weapons. It's going to be up to Kirk to sling the football around to them.
1: Who were, uh, let me ask you this before I give my answer here. Just, I'm kind of putting you guys on the spot, but who were, like, two of the most impressive offenses that you saw cruising through red zone on Sunday?
2: 49ers and Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah. Ooh. I was going to say Dolphins,
0: yes.
1: So uh, the three best offenses, yards per play on Sunday, were the 49ers, the Dolphins, and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So, if you cannot smack the ball out of your quarterback's hand at Ingram, if you're Kirk, there's been a lot of debate about is it Kirk's fault? Is it KJ Osborne's fault? I think it's fair to the interception on the goal line I'm talking about. I think it's fair to say we like Kirk taking more risks. I, I, it's, I, I would rather him be more aggressive in general. I, it doesn't mean that you can't look at one of the instances where he was aggressive and say, Was that the right decision in that moment against that opponent? Like, could you have gotten by not threading the needle back shoulder throw with two defenders? Like then again, KJ Osborne, should he have maybe just caught the ball? Like we've seen Adam Thielen do a million times. Like, but is that interception going to happen every single week? Probably not. If you can just not turn the ball over that many times and be a minus three turnover differential Mm -hmm. and keep moving the ball the way that they did. Now, Philadelphia They've got some different components defensively that you have to be worried but the Buccaneers had a good defensive front too and Vita Vea wreaking havoc. So I guess what I'm most confident in is the Vikings move the ball big time in that first game. Stop shooting yourselves in the feet would be the next step here. And we'll see if they can do it against Philly.
0: Yeah, and I think the ultimate lesson about the KJ pass, and I know we want to trust the entire team. I know we got more skill position players than you know most teams. I know all of these things. But if we were to do a Vikings pecking order, crossing route at the two-yard line, who do you want the ball to go to? KJ Osborne, not near the top of my Vikings list. Justin Jefferson is. TJ Hawkinson is. Um, And and Kirk admitted, and this is the thing that's intriguing about that play, Kirk admitted that he should have waited for Jordan Addison to come open because he he was also an an option. And quite frankly, I would feel more comfortable with that ball going to him. K.J. Osborne does what he does really well. But is he an upper echelon? I'm going to put my money on him to win, basically being double teamed. And as Kirk admitted... Yesterday, you know, I probably should have led him right into that safety because at least if he gets smacked, he's got a chance
1: to catch that ball first. So, I don't know that you needed to make that choice, though. You know, like well, you could also just not you. throw that pass. But I would rather yeah, get
0: him laid out and, and have him potentially make that catch than literally throw the ball behind him. Yeah. But the point, yeah, the point is consistency and good decisions. And this isn't just a Kirk thing, too. This is a Kevin O'Connell thing. This is both of them. You got to be smarter. If you are, yes, this offense, I think we all agree, aside from interior offensive line concerns, I think we all agree that this offense has big-time potential. I don't think there's any doubt about that.
1: Yeah. Okay, on the flip side, what is the thing that you are most scared or apprehensive about going into this game from a Viking standpoint? Oh, it's easy. That that Philadelphia defensive line, Jalen Carter's wreaking havoc in Game 1 he had the most um, pressures of any player yeah, um, in the NFL in week 1. He had eight pressures in week 1. I mean, Austin Schlotman is going to play and I think he's going. I I think a different uh, center beyond
0: Bradbury is going to have to play m- my guess is for a while um because, you know, a back does not just come uh come right back no pun intended there, but uh when you look at Ingram, yeah, the the in into- the That defensive line against the Vikings' uh, suspect interior offensive line,
1: it scares me. And if it scares me, how how did Kirk Cousins sleep last night? Doesn't he have a sleep number, bed? Isn't he endorsing sleep number? I think he might have slept pretty good, actually. Judd here for sleep sleep number. number. I bet he didn't have good dreams, though.
2: Not (laughs) at all. Uh, According to NFL Next Gen Stats on Sunday 2, the three quickest players on the interior pass rush in Week (laughs) 1 Jalen Carter, one. Oh, God. Fletcher Cox, two. Oh, God. Milton Williams, three. The three quickest guys
1: (laughs) off the defensive
2: line in week one were all Philadelphia
1: Eagles players. I think Ed Ingram and and the rest of the guys on that line might want to steal a page from that Chiefs right tackle and see if you can just get away with false starts for as long as you can. And
0: line up like (laughs) right by Kirk.
1: Yeah, they're lined up behind Kirk. Where, what are you? What are <laughs> you guys doing? A, What's well, happening? we're going to
0: lose? So we we need a running start.
2: I will uh, Schlotman too on Sunday. The PFF pass protection grades. He wasn't a complete train wreck. That being said, he's going up against three of probably the best defensive lines um, uh, in in the NFL. Uh, he hit a sixty six point nine pass block grade. Austin Schlottman did in Week One against the Bucks, which isn't horrible for having to come in on on a. Off the bench, but I think the Eagles are gonna absolutely eat up that offensive line.
1: Yeah, and, and even like we're we're kinda of talking more from like a pass protection standpoint, but the Eagles defensive front when you try to run against them too. So against the Patriots, they allowed three and a half yards of carry and seventy six total rushes, uh rush yards on twenty two attempts. So they just they shut down opposing teams running games too. And the Vikings have kind of come into the season here, hey, we're gonna run we're gonna flip our personnel around, we're gonna run a lot more tight end and fullback heavy formations especially on first down and try to establish the run and some of those actions so we can get bootlegs and play actions later in the game but man it's it's hard I guess you can run the ball for show against Philadelphia I don't know that this is going to be the game where the Vikings run for you know 160 yards and get the run game going for the first time in Kevin O'Connell's coaching career but the thing that I'm actually the most scared about I remember Kirk Cousins in that game against Philadelphia last year. I think he has definitely gotten better with the whole primetime thing, you know, but his biggest bugaboos are primetime games on the road against really good teams, which is a hard scenario for almost any quarterback. He's not the only quarterback that struggles standalone games on the road against really good teams. Those are like the hardest scenarios, but which Kirk are we going to get, man? Are are we going to get, the bounce back Kirk, if this was like a noon game against the bears, I would say, oh, three four touchdowns or something. Right. Oh yeah. Is he going to come back and show you? All right. I, whatever, whatever mistakes I made, whatever mistakes we made, we, we, we communicated with the offensive. We short him up or are they just going to get overwhelmed and he's going to be teeth clencher, angry guy on the sidelines. I'm a little nervous about Kirk's demeanor here on Thursday night. I think we'll know after the first offensive series. Yep. Because
0: this is so. So, adv- I think the problem is this adversity, Kirk. Right? Like, if it goes wrong, Kirk, and and I mean, the, the Netflix special basically gave us the play by play on. Oh, it's going wrong. I'm frustrated. You know, and O'Connell's desperately like, no, man, it's yeah. okay. But if you look at the greats, Brady and and I mean, the upper echelon, Mahomes. What do they do? they almost they either thrive and or forget what went wrong immediately and with kirk so like if kirk gets if the vikings go three and out on the first drive and kirk gets smacked twice which you know hell he might um i think that's going to be an immediate tip off because i don't know that that's the type of thing kirk doesn't recover in my opinion really well from
1: yeah and of course the counter argument is well he had eight fourth-quarter comebacks last year, so he clearly responds to adversity in some ways. And that's true. I think both things can be true. He does get a little... Sometimes in those games where, like, you get hit with haymakers, sometimes you get the Kirk that just can't handle it, right? Um, but then sometimes the team hangs in there, and Kirk hangs in there and fights back. Which which version are we going to get right. tomorrow night against Philadelphia? This is a chance, um, and I
0: am not saying that it will be. This is a chance if it gets off to a bad start to be a snowball game. And I feel like in snowball games, Kirk struggles really badly. Like once it starts to go downhill fast, it's like, and then he's frustrated and then things go, go wrong. Um, I also would like to see this. And in fact, I'll uh, check this out when we're done recording today. I would like to see how many times when Kirk had a fourth quarter comeback that the Vikings actually got points on their first drive. Because it feels like it goes really bad when it gets off to a bad start.
1: You're saying like score early, yeah. I'm feel I'm good. Game starts to work. get away a little bit.
0: Scripted plays work, so Kirk feels good. Now it starts to get away, but it's not necessarily Kirk's like fault or Kirk. It, Kirk is not failing. Mm-hmm. And then and then you know he came back. I'd be curious to see because it, it did feel like a lot of the Vikings tendencies last season was to get off to a good start, like a good first drive. And then sort of disappear. Uh, the Philadelphia game, though, to your point, Phil, you know, from the word go was basically a train wreck, though. Yeah. And that's
1: the type of game where I don't know if Kirk can can completely just suck it up and recover. Yeah, and they, and and by the way, the defense, the defense kind of came back and shut the Eagles down in that second half, and the Vikings yeah. had chances to get back in that game. Irv Smith dropped like a fifty-yard touchdown. That was a huge play. You're right. Kirk and Jefferson had a, I think Jefferson ran a wrong route. So there were some things in there that if other guys do their job, you know, in the second half. So, all right, what are the sharps saying about this game via action network? So the Vikings are seven point underdogs across most sports books. 62% of the bets are on the Eagles right now, but 66% of the money is on the Vikings. This is what it was last week too, where the Vikings were five and a half point favorites like two-thirds or three-quarters of the bets were on the Vikings, but more money was coming in on the Buccaneers to cover, which I tend to think that that's like smart people with a lot of money are coming in and saying, actually. yeah. So it looks like, I guess if if it worked out well for the Buccaneers last week, that trend, then it's kind of flipped in favor of the Vikings here this week. Here's what Action Network said. Last season, the Vikings rated as one of our luck rankings' luckiest teams. So they have a luck ranking, like a luck factor at Action Network. And they were one of the luckiest teams in the league. And it seems that some of that luck ran out to start the new season in Week 1. Even though they lost, the Vikings outgained Tampa by 87 yards and 171 passing yards. Their narrow loss can be attributed to their three turnovers, two of which were lost fumbles, which are not predictable. Uh, The Eagles, on the other hand, came out on top against the Patriots thanks to a pick six early in the game. Take away that pick six, and you could argue the Patriots would have come out on top in this game. New England totaled 316 yards, which was 75 more, uh, or I'm sorry, 65 more than Philadelphia had. We think we are getting an overvalued Eagles team that's favored by too much against an unlucky Minnesota team. We take Minnesota to cover the spread and would make sure you bet the Vikings before the line reaches the key number of seven, which it looks like it's reaching seven. They got it at eight earlier in the week on Action Network, so they're kind of echoing what old Macadac's been trying to preach to you guys here. Guys, calm down. It was bad, but not as bad as you think, and Action Network seems to be kind of echoing that narrative here. I do think the fact that it was in
0: my opinion at least bad is is not the worst thing, because You do have to go back to last season when the Vikings got absolutely their uh, drawers blown off by Dallas and came back, what, on a Thursday night and beat the Patriots, which was a nice win. I'm not predicting a Vikings win, but I do think there's so much momentum of, ah, the Vikings are screwed, they really aren't good, you know, from some, we'll just go ahead and tank, trade Cousins to the Jets. I do think it's going to be a closer game than people expect, and I do think it's going to be, I do think it's overall, including from the eye test, going to be a closer game than the Week 2 loss last year. I do think the Vikings are going to rebound, okay. and I well, I would done take done. them. We're
1: not, we're not making our pick yet. Hey, calm, I calm down, would, guy. Calm down, but I guy. agree with
0: again. this. Asses- I do agree with this assessment that um, I think that people who know what they're doing are probably being smart just because it partially feels like so many... You know, it's it's one game. It's a bad game, but it's one game, week one. Yeah,
2: feels like the three most likely outcomes in this game are the Eagles blow the doors off the Vikings and they kick their butt. The Vikings lose very close It's the second most likely outcome, and then the third most outcome is the Vikings win. Like, right? It, it feels like those are the three layered outcomes for this for this Vikings game that their Eagles are huge favorites. They should, on paper, probably win this game by a touchdown. Maybe the Vikings and Kirk Cousins come close, but they probably end up falling short. And then the third option being the Vikings actually go into Philly and get a surprising win somehow, some way. Um, it is interesting that the implied odds here are, so it's plus 245. So basically a $100 bet on the Vikings would net you a $245 win. So the the point that it getting up to eight is really interesting on the spread, uh, but the Vikings historically too are really bad when they're uh, when they're massive underdogs like this they they have historically not played well i believe they've played something like 10 ga- uh, the last 10 years when they've been 7 point underdogs or more they have lost every single game so they haven't even made these games close necessarily either so this is uh this just has a bloodbath in my opinion written all over it
1: so we'll we'll make our official, God, you guys, boy, you guys both jump the, we'll make our official picks here if they, if there's any suspense left over in a second here after we shout out our friends at Minnesota Lottery with those Vikings scratch game tickets.
0: That's exa- exactly right. In fact, a win big uh, with, the, with the official game of the Vikings. You know what? The Vikings lost. Things appear to, to be bleak, but it's just one game. The lottery, it's the same type of thing. Look, you can win big, but the only way, just like the Vikings on Thursday night against Philadelphia, the only way to win big is to check out the Scratch Games right now and the official Vikings Scratch Game. Just say this, I'm in. It's going to be great fun, and you can win big with the Vikings Scratch Game from the Minnesota State Lottery.
1: Also, uh, a shout-out to our friends over at AG1, so... You know, this has been a game changer for me over the years. Uh, about six years ago, I discovered AG1 products through one of my favorite podcasts, The Tim Ferriss Show. And so it's kind of cool now to be sitting here on Purple Daily and saying, hey, uh, you guys could really benefit from 75 high-quality ingredients, one scoop mixed in with your water. It's nutritional insurance, making sure you get the right nutrients every day. Obviously, you want to be eating right as much as you can. But if you're busy, this is a September, October, busy time of year. You got kids running around. You got football games every night, all right, Uh, friend gatherings, whatever it is. So make sure you've got that nutritional insurance to start your day or maybe to boost your day in the middle. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, AG1 is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash purple daily. That's drinkag1.com slash purple daily. All right, let's make our official picks here, boys. We pick straight up, and then we give you a margin so we can also keep track of our record against the spread. Uh, Well, we're all 0-1 straight up because we all picked the Vikings to beat the Buccaneers last week, and uh, we're all 0-1 against the spread because the Vikings were favorites and lost. So straight up, who wins this game and by how many points, keeping in mind that the Eagles are seven-point favorites. We'll start with Judd eagles win this game
0: but i'm going to say that they win by three so i think it's going to be far closer than people expect i do think there is a resiliency to this vikings team uh under kevin o'connell that if we don't see i'm going to be very surprised so i'm going to say eagles by three here's my hope my hope is that the vikings while they do lose my hope is that Ed Ingram struggles enough that he finally is replaced. I think one of the saving graces of because an zero and two start sucks, but it doesn't bury you completely. Like you're not your season's not done. There's now seventeen games. I know it's difficult, Phil. I know it's difficult, but in two thousand eight, yeah. we saw Tavares Jackson replaced by Gus Ferrat. We saw changes made, sure. and and the Vikings came back and made the playoffs. I recall as a wild card team. Okay. Yep. Um. O and two can sort of show you your warts, but they can give you time to put the ointment on your warts that will
1: cause them to disappear. Okay. Judd here.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, like if you got warts, you want them to go away, but you don't want to be like out of the game. Is it
1: like a corn or is it a wart? You know, how would you sort well, of describe you know how you have
0: warts on your foot sometimes and no, they, they, they like burn that. them off. Oh, really? Yeah, no. I did as a kid. And they burned them off and as they were kid? gone. It was fine. It was Ed Ingram-itis. So... I am hoping that that Ingram struggles because I just don't. It feels like they need like just something to hit them over the head like a two by four to get past. I feel like this. that's
1: been happening for. I get I that agree they're with he's you. a young guy and that you got to give a guy you. a chance. But, but I'm just yeah. saying
0: if you're going to go to 0 o- 2, I feel like there needs to be some type of change made at that point to improve a position of weakness. In this case, it's not quarterback, so. I think the Vikings lose. I think it's a close game, but I do hope that this causes some changes on the offensive line. The interior,
1: yeah. I should say, you know I get like, uh, I get hangnails sometimes. I don't oh, really I get like warts. Right now. I hate hangnails. He's like a hangnail, you know? It's like just it might hurt for a little bit if you if you rip it off, but in the long run you want to get rid of that thing, right? That's uh That's no one to You stunned. can't you can't have a guy that's just giving up Six pressures every single game. And confused.
0: and then he thinks he played well. Like, he's like, oh, I played okay. I played pretty. And it's like, dude, you caused a
1: fumble. He'll <laughs> start there. You, you slapped know, the ball out of Kirk's hand at one point. Let's be better here. All right, Declan, who wins this game and uh, by how many points?
2: Uh, the Vikings lose this game and the Eagles cover the spread. I, I really don't have a faith in this game at all. I think it's a short week. I think the Eagles are going to eat up the Vikings offensive line. Uh, could be as disastrous as it kind of was on last year on Monday Night Football. And the Vikings, yes, had chances to actually get that game back, but they still blew it. They threw numerous interceptions. Uh, They just weren't able to to rebound after that uh, horrid start. And Jalen Hurts is a really good quarterback, and I think he's going to run all over this Vikings defense too. So I think the Eagles win, and I think they cover the spread.
1: I think... I'm going to start with spread. I think the Vikings cover the spread. I absolutely... Uh, agree with everything Action Network is saying. This is a classic scenario of if you were to have set this line a week ago, it would not be Eagles by 7. It would probably be Eagles by like 5 somewhere in there. So the the line is moving based on what happened in week 1 and week 1 is weird in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't make some judgments here and there. I get it, but like the Eagles had to pick six to start their season, the Vikings fumbled out their ass a couple times to start their season. Is that okay, is that now like the trend that we're going to take us gospel going forward I say no and I feel like I'd be so I'm I'm saying Vikings cover but I also have predicted two or three times since the schedule came out that people are like they're so scared about the, oh, the Eagles oh like they throw bottles at fans and they're mean and stuff and like oh the Vikings are gonna automatically lose this game well we did the opposite thing in week one where it's like we just dismissed the week one game but in the NFL man like right. these are still prof- these are still professional dudes that played at even on bad teams that played in the SEC and you know went to big bowl games and stuff. like These are competitive professional players. The Vikings are more than that. I would be a hypocrite if I went back on my prediction from earlier this year. So I say the Vikings bounce back and they win this game in Philadelphia. I do think it's close either way. I don't know that it's likely that they win this game. But I think people are too high on the Eagles. Don't forget too, like most teams that go to the Super Bowl and get beat... It's hard to push that rock back up the hill. I know they won in week one, but I don't expect the Eagles to just like coast through the season here, too. So Mm -hmm. um, the Vikings need this game more right now. They're going to be more desperate. They're probably going to be more pissed off. And so uh, as long as Kirk put in a full day of work on Tuesday this week on a short week, I think this is going to be interesting. So I'm going to take the Vikings to win and cover. Three things come to mind.
0: One is if what you just said is going to to be true, Justin Jefferson has to win his. Battles against Darius Slay and have a big game. And I don't care about, well, he wasn't, you know, on my phone. He wasn't available. He couldn't do anything. No, that's BS. He's your best player. Yeah. Well, Jordan uh, Addison's out there now, too. And you yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's stop trying to force the ball to number 17. The other thing is to Declan's point on Jalen Hurts, I have one name for you. I have one concept and one name. Spy Ivan Pace Jr. Mm. I Ivan Pace has the speed. To help neutralize hurts, so like that's an interesting one. That's a very and the last thing. In fact, this could be a write that down. This time the tight end catches the long touchdown pass. Oh, TJ Hawkinson oh, don't oh, drop that ball? Guy. TJ Hawkinson, don't drop that ball. Wow, that's a you. terrible drop. And and I will say this too, despite his. <laughs> The, the box score in week you one. You want to change your pick here? <laughs> come on,
1: Judd. Bo- come on, Judd. No, Man, I, I think it's
0: going to be close. I, I think there's going to be some bounce back here. And and the thing about this is the box score in week one sort of lied. Like, it it sort of said, oh, you know, TJ Hawkinson had a pretty strong game. Well, but if you watched it, and it wasn't his fault, but if you watched it, you were like, you know, no, not not what he could have done. Um, I think they find ways to scheme TJ Hawkinson into the role he should play earth to TCO performance center. That's the George Kittle role, not the role of a guy who loses seven yards on his last two catches of the day.
1: I feel like you're walking right up, man. I feel like before we end the show, do you want to go back on you? Do you want to pick the, you got the Vikings to cover. I just think it's going to be you like to change your straight up pick here. You just got real positive there at the end of this episode. Well,
0: I think that's because I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. I think that the I think Philadelphia wins a by a field goal or less. But I do think the Vikings I we're assuming it feels like like a lot of people are now assuming that there's going to be no bounce back. And I guess I don't agree. And and the last thing too is this is a short week for both teams. Short week for both teams. Yeah. Like yes, it's a short week for the Vikings, but guess what? The Eagles played on the road on Sunday. So it's Charlie I love how Declan's
1: just out. Like Declan was so optimistic and positive at one point had them winning 11 games in our picks. One game in and he is disgusted well, he's and done with of, this football team. Yeah, but but there's a lot <laughs> there, but there's a lot of Change fine folks
0: who watch that this show who are siding with Declan right now.
1: Yeah. And they like, okay, and maybe you a guys lot turn out to be right, but I like to see like to see another game, see what happens. So There's a lot of anger Phil. Well, the best thing you can have then is an immediate Thursday night game to get it out of your system and then a long weekend. And by the way, we will be live on Vikings Ventline right after that game is over. The place to be for Vikings post game, Our takes off the top, and then we throw it to you guys. It's the most fan-friendly, interactive show in all of Minnesota sports on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. So uh, those are our picks here. We'll see what happens on Thursday night football, Vikings and the Eagles. Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.